you know, after we got very serious and academic last week, I think it's time mm-hmm. to to reel things back in a bit. <laughs> it's time to get things back on our brand. This is very specifically our brand. This is very much our brand. Hashtag our brand. <laughs> oh, boy. Hello. Welcome. I, I cut you off and I didn't mean to. <laughs> it's okay. Go ahead. Okay. This is episode 73 of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello. I'm Jared. Joined by... Dr. Ann Ladium, thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Hello. Oh, we should just call me Dr. Al for now on. That sounds awesome. Dr. Al. Uh, Doc know. Al. Doc Al. There we go. I'm, I'm like <laughs> going to take us to the past. Or you're like a television doctor now. Mm. I'll pass on that one. <laughs> Don't want to be that. No. Mm-mm. Good thing you're an internet doctor, because you're on the internet. I'm a video games doctor. There you go. Yeah. Gonna heal all those video games. <laughs> Some of them need it. So yeah, if, if you listened last week, that is confirmation that Al passed her dissertation defense. Yay. <laughs> uh, still extremely happy for you and proud of you, because you did all that super hard work and basically almost killed yourself trying to do it you got, no kidding you got through it you went up there with like the swagger and confidence that i don't know where it came from but it, you had it <laughs> and either. just <laughs> and we're just like hey this is my stuff deal with it mic drop mic drop <laughs> if there was a mic there you could have dropped it if i had sunglasses they would have fallen on my face <laughs> Uh, but yeah, good job. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. You very it much was, deserve it. It was tough. <laughs> if you, hey, if you want to watch that, it's on your site, isn't it? It is. Andladium.com. So you can watch the like hour and 45-ish minutes of that? Hour and 38 minutes. I was being generous. <laughs> so there you go. Al's the doc finger guns but we, you know you might be a doctor now yeah but i'm pretty sure we've always known that you're the doctor of otome <laughs> that is true because we have two games on the docket today that we're going to talk about that are probably you know somewhat opposite of each other eh, somewhat somewhat uh we will be talking about whatever your game title is because i don't remember it <laughs> Psychedelica of the Black Butterfly. Thank you. Uh-huh. And we will be returning to the main streets of Tokyo and Hiroshima as I'm going to tell you about the rest of Yakuza 6 since that's actually out now. <laughs> yes, it is. So is there... Do we have, We never decided on this beforehand on who's going to go first or not, but... um, I have no preference, so it's really up to you, my friendo. Let's flip a coin. All right, flip it. All right, we're going to flip the Breath of the Wild Collector's Edition coin. Okay. Um, the, sh- the Sheikah symbol is heads. The Z is tails. Okay, I'm going to pick Z. Okay. It's Z. 
All right. Well, I guess we're going with Psychedelica, the Black Butterfly. I was going to say, you can either choose to go first or defer, but if, if you want to go first, you are more than welcome to. Um, so anyway, uh, Psychedelica of the Black Butterfly, which um, is an Atome. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And you said that it originally came out in 2015 in Japan. Like January 2015, I think. I don't remember the exact date, but yeah. Yeah, and so it came out the day of my defense, so April 27th of this year, and um, I played it in like a day, I think, this weekend. I think if you've like pushed all the hours together, it would essentially add up to a day. Yeah, because you flew through it. Like I think you played some of it Saturday. Yeah. Like a little bit, and then Sunday into Monday, like Sunday all the way up through like Monday, early, early Monday morning, you I finished around it, six yeah. in the morning, yeah. Because that's that's what you would do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have responsibilities anymore. Actually, that's a lie. But well, still, you technically still do, but not I like super duper ones. Well, yeah, utter lie. You just have to go and show up for presentations. That's it. And well, yeah, and grade and turn in my dissertation. But anyway, um, <laughs> I had time, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell me because that's what I do best. You're gonna treat yourself. Yeah, and so um, Psychedelica the Black Butterfly is different than most Atomas that I've played because it has a flowchart system. So, like, if you've ever played, like, um, Virtue's Last Reward, mm -hmm. um, it, which I know you have, but I don't know if they have, but um, it has the same kind of, like, weird flowchart, and it, I've never seen that in an Atome before. It was fascinating. But... Um, it really doesn't focus on romance all that much, which is interesting. But um, so essentially what happens is um, Protag, who is insanely grating as a human being, um, <laughs> is, she's in this manner and is completely incompetent at pretty much everything. And she can't remember who she is, and she's saved by this guy in black and red with a cape. Um, Never heard of anyone in black and red with a cape before. Yeah, amazing. And um, there are these monsters that are trying to attack everybody. And those two are told, okay, um, you have to complete the kaleidoscope and kill these monsters to get the, the crystals that will do that. Did you say and a kaleidoscope? A kaleidoscope. <laughs> um, so then it turns out that you are trapped in this manor with a bunch of eligible bachelors, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I will tell you right now, um, I don't remember their names, and I won't remember their names because each guy has two names. And as that's you do. Yeah, I'm bad enough with video game characters' names in the first place. So I just went by their colors. And so there's blue guy, and there's green guy, and there's red guy, and there's yellow guy. And then there's Fox, which Fox is not a color. But he, um, it's better to call him Fox because he wears a fox mask than call him the white guy. <laughs> Whoa, a white guy. <laughs> wow. Um... So those are Thanks, your Junpei. data. <laughs> those are your data pulls. <laughs> are the colors. Um, and so, yeah, the entire gist of it is that nobody has their memories. And so they pick names based off of um, 
they're given these rooms and they have names on the, the door plates. So they're like, well, I guess we'll just go by this name. And um, what the if it more was just they... like names of rooms in general, like, oh, hey, guys, what's up? It's me, dining room. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been way funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, hey, what's up? It's me, sitting room. <laughs> I'm bathroom. How are you? It's me. It's the closet. <laughs> so essentially what they're told is that um, they have to collect these kaleidoscope shards in order to escape and that they have essentially died. They're mostly dead. And um, that in order to come back to life, they have to finish the kaleidoscope and that they can wish basically to come back. Which reminds me somewhat of Bad Apple Wars mm-hmm. because they also had that. Excuse you. Um, they also had that like almost dead story bit there. Yeah. <laughs> Someone is going to town. That's Max. Yeah. Yeah, it's to let us let us know that he is here and present for the podcast. He, that, yeah. He's, yep. he's very much opinionated. Imp- opinionated. On Otome. On Otome, yeah, he is. He's our secondary Otome expert. Um, I think his favorite was um, who was your favorite, buddy? We're gonna say Fox was his favorite. <laughs> um, so essentially, like how the game flows is that you go through the common route and you get like the big story beats. And um, as you do this, you unlock side stories. And if you pick side stories for each guy, then eventually you can land on their respective ending. Um, And they have an ending for basically like staying in the manor and like maintaining the lack of memories. And then they have like a happy ending. Um, And each of those uh, is named after like either the name that they're given at the mansion or their actual name. Right. Yeah. Um, So... The one thing that is bizarre about this game is that there's also like a shooting mini game. Yeah, and you have to get through that shooting mini game in order to unlock the side stories via points. Right. And so um, you have to like lock onto a bunch of butterflies. Wow, that's the title. And uh, (laughs) and shoot them and. the only time that I really, really like enjoyed myself with this was when I was playing with Green because he just yells Ine at you a lot and that made me happy. <laughs> um, the other ones like yell at you for real and he's like, Ine, Ine. And I'm like, you're so nice. Thank you. Which, by the way, Green was a sweetheart throughout the entire game. Um, he's just singing Ine to you. Yeah, he pretty much. Um, and so, like, you keep going on, and the idea of this game is that there's, like, this giant mystery of why the heck you're here and what this mansion is. And you have, like, this little bunny girl who is directing you, and her name is Usagi. Wow. I'm surprised. <laughs> um, and she is basically, like, the second in command to the master. And so you're trying to figure out who the mastermind is. Um, and you're trying to find the kaleidoscope part. You're trying to figure out who the heck you are Um, because you get text messages throughout that are like supposed to give you hints as to what's going on, which 
Um, there's a gag about cell phones at the very beginning that gets real dark once you get through the story, and it made me really, really sad. <laughs> um, so there's really not a whole lot to say in terms of like the the endings themselves without going into like the main story beats. Um, because again, like the side stories are just kind of like getting to know the person. And, um, I will say straight up red and yellow are trash human beings, like absolute hot garbage. Um, green and Fox are fantastic and I love them to death. They're beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. Um, and then, Blue actually, he grew on me. I didn't like him at first. And then, like, once I got through his story, I'm like, you know what? You're not bad. So we have, like, You're... good tier, middle, and then just tier. A- absolute shit, yes. Um, so you start realizing throughout while you're playing it that um, everybody in this group they knew each other beforehand they were all childhood friends and they're like well why are we here then like what what the heck there's an outsider and they're all freaking out because the fox is not one of their childhood friends which we'll get into that in a minute and they start getting flashbacks and they start getting stories of like they were at summer camp and the protagonist decided that they needed to go explore by the lake which the lake was forbidden and they see this giant manor. And they go and uh, cross like the like natural bridge to get to the manor. And um, they're exploring through it. And they all pick up shards that um, the protagonist says that when you hold it up to the light, it kind of looks like a kaleidoscope. Hmm. Hmm. So each guy and the protagonist picks up a shard. And... Um, it should be mentioned that uh, one of the guys uh, who is the younger twin of one of the, the groups, but anyway, um, he falls and hurts his leg, and the protagonist bandages his knee, and she uses a ribbon that her mom gave her when she died. And so he's basically like, I have to give you this ribbon back. Like, I appreciate you doing this, but I have to give it back to you. And um, keep in mind, they're like eight years old at this point. So everything's... It's very mature for their, if that age. Yeah, yeah. And um, she's already told like one of these guys that she's going to marry him when they get older. Uh, which like a marriage proposal at age eight is pretty serious. It's very legally um, binding. There are rings involved made out of clover. Very legally binding. Yeah, both of them have them. And so... Um, Anyway, it starts raining, and they realize, like, oh, crap, our land bridge is disappearing. We should probably, you know, go back. And so they start crossing back, and then the the one guy realizes, like, oh, no, I lost the ribbon. Whoops. And so he goes back, and then Green follows with, and so does Protagonist. And the other, um, the other guys stay at the bank and wait. And, uh... So they find the ribbon and they're crossing back and the the youngest one uh, gets swept away and then the protagonist grabs his hand and so she falls in and then Green jumps in after all of them. And so he saves her first and then he's going back after the, the youngest guy and he's able to save him 
but he goes into a coma and then green dies. He's never found. Like his body is never found. Um, He's off world, living in the wilderness being raised by wolves. <laughs> probably. Um, so then everybody like drifts apart or they move away and it gets real serious and real sad. And you're like, Oh my God, green's been dead this whole time. This is really depressing. It's a ghost. Well, sort of. Yes. <laughs> and, um, so it kind of becomes very, very chaotic. Cause you learn that, um, blue is the older twin and that he feels responsible for the coma that his brother is in, which is sort of true, um, because he was jealous of the fact that the the younger twin got the ribbon, so he went to like retie it on his brother, but tied it looser. Mm-hmm. And so he felt like it was his fault that he had to go back for the ribbon in the first place. Which, yeah, but you were eight, so like not really your fault, but. He goes to the hospital every single day for 10 years and talks to his brother trying to, like, bring him back from the coma, which is really, really dedication and very sad. Um, And so you find out that protagonist is in high school. Um, Yellow is also in her high school and is very actively pursuing her and is telling her, like, you need to get over green. He is dead. I'm here. Like, Jesus. Right? Like, he's such an <laughs> And he says this all the time, and he, like, tries to force himself on her. Ooh. Which, like, ooh. yeah. He, he does that at least three times. It's really nasty. Yuck. Um, but, I mean, he keeps getting really, really mad at her that, like, she can't get past the fact that green is dead. And they end up bumping into blue, and hanging out with him and yellow and blue butt heads a lot and they have since they were kids because blue kind of like bullied yellow for a while because you could say they were butt heads yeah they were um (laughs) and so like blue you realize like he's been visiting his brother he's been trying really hard he actually got into like one of the best schools in their area and um yellow like makes fun of him a lot for that and like oh you know did you get in on your academics you get in on money but like apparently blue is really smart um but he he, again feels responsible so yellow starts getting really really jealous of blue because the protag starts hanging out with him and going to the the hospital and like there ends up being a complete and utter fallout it's bad and so they finally decide, like, it's the 10th anniversary of when all this went down. Let's go to the lake. We're going to, like, drop flowers as a memorial, that kind of thing. So they're on the bus. And apparently it's rainy and gross. And they're they're driving, well, the bus driver is driving them to the lake. And he falls asleep while driving, and then they crash into the lake. And so... Um, with them being in the comas from that, that's what leads them into the mansion in the first place. Like, there's this weird, like, in-between world um, in the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's <laughs> fine. Um, so that's how the entire game gets started, essentially. But you don't find that out until very much late in the game. You have to at least unlock one ending before you can get that ending. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that... Red is the mastermind 
and he has stolen the identity and face of um, the Fox guy, who is actually the the twin who has been in the coma for ten years, and so he's kind of been like what? in this in between water area. Yeah, yeah. But that's why he wears the fox mask is so he can hide the fact that that's who he is because he feels like it'll it'll mess everything up if they know that like the mastermind is amongst them, um, which in my opinion is dumb. Like you're trying to figure out who it is and he's like eating pancakes with you in the morning. Um, but Fox is really dedicated to the cause, I guess. And he ends up starting to stay with him as well. And people are a little suspect because they can't see his face. But um, he is extremely cuddly and he's very concerned about being left alone, which I, it makes sense now that you know that like he's been there for 10 years, like trying to survive this weird manner. And I mean, he went in when he was eight. So... Eight's a hard time, and then, like, being eight and trying to fight off monsters is even worse. Um, but the only thing that's really keeping him anchored is the fact that he knows that he has to return the ribbon. He can't remember her name, and he can't remember her face, and he can't remember much of who he is. He can't remember his own name either. But he can remember that he has to return the ribbon. So um, that's keeping him anchored. And Red kind of loses his and fires on everybody because yeah they're guns um like i said there's a shooting game but like everybody can manifest their own gun and um you find out that green has sort of been working with him in order to get back to life because you know he's in love with the protagonist and he wants to get back to life so that he can marry her um but he doesn't understand to the effect of like how bad red is but again, he went in when he was eight. <laughs> right. So, um, rational decisions and all. Um, so, you find out eventually um, that what happened is that Red was a very rich merchant's son. And he lived in that manner with his very sick sister. And, um, he was, he was the, the son, he was the mistress's kid. Um, and they were worried that, uh, that the girl who was the actual heir was going to die. So they brought him in and they became very, very close. And, um, the dad is in some mega shady business and ends up losing all of his money. And, uh, the, the boy who eventually becomes red, goes and begs like family members to like please help them out in getting his sister medicine she needs to live and they said they will and then the day comes and the medicine doesn't come and his sister dies and so he becomes obsessed with this whole idea of like resurrection from death and um, part of that is the fact that he had been reading with his little sister a picture book that is called Psychedelica of the Black Butterfly. Hmm. Yeah, and the whole gist of that story is that um, there are these two butterflies who are super pally and they're friends, and one of them dies and is taken to, like, the afterworld. And 
So the the other butterfly learns that you can go to Psychedelica and see your friend, but um, the trip is really awful on the butterfly, and it becomes dirty, and essentially it turns black. And so once it gets to Psychedelica and realizes that the butterfly can see its, its partner again, um, he's like, they wouldn't recognize me at this point. And so the butterfly leaves and dies in the desert. Um, that's the picture book. <laughs> um, and so it, uh, in this route, you learn that Usagi is actually like a manifestation of his little sister. Hmm. And she's been trying to like help him get past all this all along. Um, because what Red ended up doing is like, he discovered that there was this in between death and not death, I guess, and that a kaleidoscope could bring you there essentially. And so he he travels and does all kinds of shady stuff to get this kaleidoscope. He finds it, he puts it into the lake, and then shoots himself in the head. Um, so the lake itself becomes this entire portal to this psychedelica world. And so like when he shoots himself in the head, he, he falls in the lake and is the master essentially. And, um, the first time he ever sees Usagi, he loses his mind and freaks out. So she wears the bunny mask in order to protect his sanity. It's real messed up. Uh, <laughs> in some routes, he uh, he basically is like shot and dies um, with green, but in other routes, depending on if you date him or not, essentially, um, actually in every route he dies. Um, but if you date him in certain routes, he's resurrected with his sister, um, and so he gets like a like a renewal and their modern day and all that. So it, it's meh. He's very, he's very, he's terrible. <laughs> um, but also, like, he has a lot of, like, misogynistic behavior. Right. And a lot of that is him saying, like, I need to be able to protect you. And it stems from, like, not being able to protect his little sister, but it, it's still crap. Um, and yellow and blues routes are essentially, you know, you get out from psychedelica and everything is status quo. Like green is still dead. Um, Fox is still in a coma, but you either date one or the other, which is fine, but it's kind of generic. Fox is probably my favorite um, in terms of how his story goes, because um, he's been there for 10 years and he's been like absorbing the negativity of the black butterflies. And so they keep saying, you know, you're going to lose your, your control and your humanity soon. And you're going to fall into the abyss, which is essentially hell. And, um, he realizes that the purple ribbon that he's had this whole time has been protecting him. And so he gives it to Protag and says like, I need you to protect yourself. But then that makes him kind of lose his own grip on humanity. And, um, so he falls in the abyss and she follows him out uh, into there and is able to like pull him out via the ribbon. And um, so he wakes up from the coma and they say a few times and um, 
a few of the different routes. Like he's been in the coma for 10 years, so he really can't do anything. Right. Um, so he has to go through physical therapy. There's two routes where he goes through physical therapy, but, um, you know, he's, he's okay. And blue and yellow also wake up at that point. So in his route, everybody that should be alive essentially is alive. Um, if you do the green route, you essentially stay in the manor with green and like succumb to death with him, which is really depressing. But like green was such a sweetheart that I'm like, this is really the worst thing in the world. <laughs> um, also, there's so much man cleavage in this. Oh, right. <laughs> well, Jesus, nobody knows how to use buttons. <laughs> nobody. Um, but yeah, you, you, you've got to go through like this entire, um, like you get married to green and you have like a very um, domestic lifestyle, but you're essentially dead. So, you know, take the positives or the negatives. Um, there's also like a general ending where, um, again, everybody is resurrected except for the people who are supposed to be dead. And so yellow and uh, yellow and blue and fox and protag all like come back and they go to the lake and, um, it's cute because Blue, since he's the older twin, like has Fox on his back, like he's piggybacking him everywhere. And Fox is trying to navigate and realizes that he can't really read a map. Because, I mean, he, he went in when he was eight. And I don't know how well I read maps when I was eight. And then he's been <laughs> doing like physical therapy and all. So um, it, was, it, was, it was cute. But... Um, they go and, and drop a flower because um, in that ending, the moment that they all come back from the lake, um, Green's body also reemerges. And so they get like a proper burial for him. So they get kind of a form of closure, I guess, mm-hmm. which I don't even want to know how that body looked after 10 years of being under there. Like Gross. Probably yeah. not a lot there. Probably not. Um, I doubt that there was a whole lot there. So, so that's considered the best ending. Um, that's actually what it's literally called is best ending. Um, best ending, best value. But then I think my favorite ending is actually um, once you find out everything that's happened, you can go back to summer camp and you can, as the protagonist, say like, hey, maybe we should stay in the manor and not cross this bridge and just wait till the adults come and get us. <laughs> And then nobody goes into comas and nobody dies. And so, like, they all grow up as friends and, like, you see them in high school and um, they're all studying together. And, I mean, I like that one the best. Um, (laughs) Fixes everything. It does. I mean, like, huh, what if we just didn't go to our deaths? That's a good idea, right? Yeah. Um, So, I mean, it's bonkers as heck. Like... Atome does this. Yeah. Um, Atome has no fear at all of just being completely off the wall. And I think that's why I like the genre so much. Like, yeah, dating the boys is fun too. But um, just the way that they do things with stories is like, you know what? Sure, I'm on board for this. None of it makes (laughs) sense, but it's fine. Um, But I love it because like, 
where else are you going to get some kind of crazy story like this? Where are you going to get that? Only in a Tomei. It's awesome. It's so awesome. Um, I will say I didn't love the art. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a little odd. Um, although Fox was my favorite in terms of how he was drawn because he gets he gets that like upside down V face, so he looks really sad sometimes. <laughs> um, protagonist is an idiot. She is an utter, utter idiot. Like, she's not good at anything. And she's... I don't know. I just... I kind of hated her. Protagonist is an idiot. She is! And I mean, like, after the most recent one that we played was Code Realize. And, like, Cardia... Cardia has her moments, but for the most part, she's pretty competent. Right. Um, This girl is not. At all. She has a cute dog, though. That, that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess going back to that whole cell phone gag at the beginning, um, they make a, a joke about, like, everybody has their smartphones. This is awesome. But then, like, Red, who has stolen the identity of Fox, um, he has a general idea of what these are, um, but he doesn't know how to use them because he's like, the cell phone that I'm used to has a keyboard on it. How do you type if there's no keys? And then Green is like, what is a smartphone? I don't understand what any of this is. And like you realize later, he's like, oh, God, it's because he died when he was eight. That technology wasn't there. That's why he doesn't know what it is. Like, this is so depressing because he has a flip phone. As you should. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, God, it hurts so much. <laughs> it made everything really, really sad. Um, this game made me sad way more than it should have. Like, there are moments I was genuinely upset because of what happened. And I think that's, it's good because, like, right. Atome is odd in some points. But, like, making me feel things is impressive. Um, that makes it sound like I never feel things, but still. <laughs> I never feel. Ow. Um, so, yeah, the art isn't. Is it great? Um, the music is kind of generic. Um, I like the flowchart idea. I think that that worked really well. Um, and it made it easier at certain points to figure out like what kind of route you were going to go on to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of it's just like domestic stuff. Like, let's make pancakes with this boy that you like. <laughs> That's fine. Um, Who doesn't like making pancakes? Terrible people. Yellow is consistently, like, very, very rapey. And I hate that. I absolutely hate that. Like, I wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah. The entire time. I was like, you can just die in this lake. That's fine. Stay with Red. Y'all are both psycho. Um, But, I mean, otherwise, like I said, I liked Blue. He was okay. And then Green and Fox were, were really, really awesome. Uh, So... Psychedelica of the Black Butterfly is a thing. Did I miss did I miss anything? Is there anything that they told you that like I I didn't talk about? Not that I can recall, but I don't remember we didn't really talk much about like a lot of the plot points. Yeah. Uh the protagonist has this weird thing in her head that switches sides yeah. depending on you're looking at her, and I still have yet to figure out what that thing is. Nope. Yeah, I I mean it's not like the best Atome I've ever played, but I liked it. 
serviceable. Yeah. Um, I'd probably put it like around the same area as period cube. <laughs> but but, but like, maybe higher. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have you dating your brother, so the automatically a positive. <laughs> But yellow also was just trash. So right. it was neat, though, the way that, um, like, as you were going through the common route, every once in a while you'd have to unlock the side stories and you would get, like, side stories of, like, memories with childhood friend and all. And you would start to see, like, what these guys were like when they were kids and, like, what the relationship was with the girl. And, mm-hmm. like, she, she was pretty good about... Like, two of them were pretty heavily bullied, and she's like, yeah, no, this isn't happening, dudes. Let's go. We'll fight. So she's, like, ready to fight for all of her friends, and that's pretty nice. Like, that's, like, her one real positive. Yeah, I liked it. It, it wasn't it wasn't the best one, but it wasn't the worst one. It's, it's like, blue. Straight in the middle, right? Yeah. But, um, man, the story, though, was, was pretty good. I was impressed. It made me feel... Because <laughs> you'd never feel Ever ever Well Speaking of games that make you feel Let's talk about some Yakuza 6 Let's do it So There's a lot to this game Yeah I think my final time count Was like 40 hours Ish like right around that time Okay. So there's a lot to do. I want to kind of go into just like some side stuff first, just before we get into everything, because I might forget to talk about this. Some of the side stuff in this game is just so ridiculous. Like you, you show me the karaoke. There's, I mean, that's that's a staple of the series. It's great karaoke. Um, but one of the things I didn't get to when I was playing it, uh, the demo a month ago, was there's a baseball management aspect to this game. Where you basically get a team and you get to go around town and be like, hey, you want to join my baseball team? Oh my god. And then you go through this entire storyline of beating up, the, like, or beating the, the local teams around around the around the town until you finally, like, beat this one that's just made up of, like, actual, like, pro players because some jerk's like, I'm going to buy all these pro players and take over the stadium. So you go through all that and then, like, the actual mechanics of that is that, like, it, it's basically, like, simming a game. To where, like, you can, like, sub in players here and there, sub in pitchers, do all that sort of stuff. Like, you would, like, with, like, a baseball management sim. And then whenever there's, like, a critical moment within the game, it'll take you out of that and place you as the batter of of the play that's happening at that moment. So, like, there's actually, like, batting mechanics in this game. It's, it's crazy. Um, I think the fa- my favorite was that you sent me a screenshot of one of the characters like holding the baby while while you were in baseball mode. Yeah, because <laughs> he was like, "All right, <laughs> we were supposed to leave the town," and I was like, "Well, I can go to wherever I want. I'm going to go play some baseball." <laughs> he just shows up and he's like, "Hey, I got the baby. Don't worry." <laughs> oh, there, there's there's a lot of stuff like that are split between uh, both towns of Kamurocho and uh, what's the. Uh, the Hiroshima Onimichi is the Hiroshima town. Uh, I did a lot of stuff in Onimichi because I think I did like all the side stories there. I didn't do as many in Kamurocho because I feel like I was more in Onimichi than Kamurocho for the most part. At least I just enjoyed my time there better because I think it was, it's just a new place 
compared to Kamurocho, which has basically been in every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the, like the wacky stuff you get into is like, oh, you find the mascot of Onomichi, and then the person behind that's like, oh, we need you to get in this costume and uh, play this character because we don't have the person who was going to do it like backed out. Is he like the Lego-headed looking guy? He's the dude with the orange on it, the orange head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to play that character for like a good couple of times, and most of the time it's solving problems by beating people up because they're frightening children. And then there's like there's another one with that where like oh you go to the bar and do karaoke and and then it's like oh the the mascot's gonna have a CD coming out soon. <laughs> and then like the last one is actually like real like heartwarming because it's like you meet this little girl that you had met before, and she's having an argument with her mother. And, like, Kiryu walks up to, like, kind of, like, walks in as it's happening. And, like, the girl's, like, real scared because she's going to have, like, surgery. And she's real concerned about, like, all that. So you go get the costume and, like, go cheer her up as the as the mascot. And basically, like, help her, like, kind of get over her fear of having to go get surgery. And make her feel a lot better. Which is real nice. And the last time you had to do, you had to do anything with the mascot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what else? Oh, there's, um... There's deep sea diving fishing where you go underwater and fight fish with a harpoon gun. Yeah, you told me there were sharks in this game, so that automatically makes it so I can't play it. I shot the heck out of a shark. Yikes. I mean, that's a side story, so you technically don't have to do it, but it is a thing. Uh, I fought some ghosts. What? Yeah. There's There's a side story that happens if you go into the graveyard at nighttime. And you'll just fight ghosts. And it's like the, these ghosts of this like um, this pirates that were killed and they were from uh, Onomichi. And they never got to like have like this big fight when they were alive. So they come back and fight Kiryu <laughs> like multiple times. <laughs> it's, it's real, real something. Uh... There's some other stuff in Kamurocho as well, like that, that they've added. Like, there's a there's a gym you can go to, and you could like you could have like all these workout programs, and then like afterwards you have to go find a a the specific place that like your trainer's like, oh, you should go eat this specific food, and then it'll help you with your training. So there's that thing. Uh, the storyline with the 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 pro wrestlers that are in it is actually is way more like fleshed out than I was anticipating it to be. So like, the wrestlers they have in there like. They basically kind of like act as their characters are in in actual wrestling. So like like Toriano is this weird goofy guy who wants to cheat at everything. Um, Tetsuya Naito is the the cool, calm, and collected guy who will beat you up, but then is like, whoa, 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 tranquilo. Also, he speaks fr- he speaks a lot of Spanish because that's the way his character is in wrestling, and they they localize it here to where like he's speaking Spanish every now and then. Mm-hmm. Which seems like it would be very confusing for people going into this game who have no idea who he is. They're like, why is this guy speaking Spanish? Yeah, I feel like that would be confusing. I guess for context, he went to he was floundering his character in Japan. He went to Mexico for excursion for a little bit, joined a heel stable or bad guy stable in Mexico called Los Ingobernables, basically the ungovernables. And then he took that and came back to Japan and made his own version of it. <laughs> Called Los Ingobernables de Japón, and then <laughs> yeah, and then he basically starts using like Spanish words within like his promos now, now and then. So that's the thing. 
there's also uh, Hiroshi Tenzan and Satomi, Satoshi Kojima, who are like an actual tag team in real life, and they just basically just pair them up and like, yeah, we we just hang out a lot, I guess. I don't know. That's our motivation for being together. <laughs> and then like the top two guys are like legitimate like top guys in New Japan. Um, so like the penultimate guy you get, and like all these guys like you have to like fight them in the in this like in the mini game portion of the game, and then they'll eventually join your clan. Uh, <laughs> the penultimate guy you face is Hiroshi Tanahashi, who is like, in in wrestling he's like a perennial good guy, like he's known as the ace of the company, like basically the top guy, or at least has been for a long, long time. And it's interesting because the guy who's on top of the gang, um, Justice is the the gang you're fighting against, uh, Kazuchika Okada, who is basically now now the top guy in New Japan. Those two characters in wrestling are like very much as rivals all the time, but huh. in this, uh, the the reasoning Tanahashi gives for like being with Okada is like he gave me a reason to like follow him, so I'm going to follow him until I get like a reason not to, and then eventually like he joins up with you. But like he's never really like a bad guy in this per se. Like the other ones kind of have like reasons of, like oh well, we want to beat you up because we were ordered to and all this sort of stuff. He's just like, you know, I, I kind of have to do this, but if you convince me otherwise, we'll do this. And then eventually you get to Okada and you fight him and the boss fight you have against him. They play his like actual wrestling theme music in the background. And it's fantastic. <laughs> but like, it's this so right up your alley. It, it is a thousand percent. <laughs> but like the reason they give him for like, for being like this kind of bad guy in the game is that like, you know, Justice originally was meant to be, like, this this group of people who would, kind of like, take out, like, rival gangs that were, like, doing bad. So, like, they were kind of, like, this vigilante group trying to do things for good. But this rival, like, Yakuza group came in and basically tortured and killed his girlfriend in front of him. Oh, God. Yeah. So, like, that, like, really changed him and made him a lot darker. And basically, he, he decided, like, oh, I need to be, I need to make my group a lot more powerful. And that's the way to solve all of this. And that's, that's basically kind of like the reason why he comes into conflict with you and all this. So eventually you get him over to your side and then like you you take down the people who were like influencing him. And that basically solves that that, that side story. But it was, it was way more nuanced than I was really anticipating it to be. The sirens are very much in agreement of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else is there? There were some things I was, I was going to remember, but I... I'm blanking on now, which is a bummer. Oh, there's a when I was in Onamichi, there's a whole thing where like you go to a bar and you get to hang out with like all the patrons of it. So you get to like know all these different people and like help them out with like some different things here and there until like basically it's like you have like this little, little group of buddies with you in this bar and it's real nice and sweet. It becomes cheers. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh you can go to host clubs, which I think that's basically a thing with all the games. Uh, yeah. But the one girl I, I ended up, like, requesting just by out of the blue, she was like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm a hostess. Also, I'm a pro wrestler. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a funny, funny thing. And then, like, going through the credits, I was like, oh, these all the girls in the host club are, like, they're real people. And that's that's their real names. So, I was like, does that mean she's actually, like, a pro wrestler? And it turns out she's an actual pro wrestler. It's like, she's wrestled for, like, DDT and places like that like that's that's wow <laughs> there's so much pro wrestling in this game no wonder i like you it <laughs> you befriended cats oh yes cats that's a great thing to, to mention 
there is a side quest to where you go to this uh, cat cafe and the owner's like, hey, I got this cat cafe. It's real cool. I love cats. And then, but he's like real bad with cats in retrospect. <laughs> so like he only has one cat. And then like when you go there, the cat leaves. No. So, <laughs> so he's like, depressing. so he asked Kiryu to be like, hey, if you look, you seem like you're better with cats than me. Like maybe if you find them out in the street and, and like you can help me bring them here because I just want like I want to bring in a bunch of like strays and give them a home and let people enjoy them. So that Aww. becomes like your mission as you go out and you'll find cats like you're like Meow. and you have to go like, find them and like you'll see a cat and you have to go feed it and then eventually you befriend it and then you call up the the cat cafe dude or if you're an Onomichi like some other person who's affiliated with it and they'll come get the cat and bring it to the cat cafe and then eventually cat cafe will be filled with cats. So do you actually meow at them? No, they meow at you to like to let oh, you know okay. like they're in the area. Oh, okay. I thought you were meowing at them. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> that's that's upsetting. I meow at my cats. There was like when the first one I found in Onamichi was like I could hear it meowing, but like I couldn't find it, so I was like walking around the area, and then just like you just see it popping out of this pipe, and it's like, "Hello, I'm here. Feed me." Aww. It was real good. How many cats did you end up with? <sighs> Maybe like ten, and that wasn't even all of them. Wow. I had quite a few. I had befriended a lot of cats. Cat friends. Cat friends. They're all very good. There were some surprising callbacks to Yakuza 0 in this. Uh, like, one side quest in Yakuza 0 has you, like, going in as Majima and taking down this cult. And then in this game, you go in and find that cult again and have to go take them down. But the, the twist is, like, the guy who is like, hey, you should go, like, take down this cult is the original leader of the cult. <laughs> Huh. Who's like, I've reformed my ways. I realize I did some bad stuff and I'm trying to fix it. And then another thing is when also when you're in Onomichi, you find uh, the guy who ran like the pocket racing circuit. And he's like an old man now and he's like selling tofu. And <laughs> the whole thing of that is like you help him reconnect with his family and like make his like get him and his wife like better acquainted with each other again and like help him with his son because his son really like doesn't know him and doesn't like know that side of him so like you help them with that it's a real interesting like way to to tie those games together considering they're so far apart within like the canon but that was like that was a real cool neat touch i can't think of like anything else off the top of my head that happens in terms of like side content i played darts with a professional dart player who spoke english Oh, you ass. said that. Wow. It's like, bam, 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 darts. Played a lot of darts. Is that the thing? I'm like, bad at darts in real life. Same, I don't so know am I. I'm really, really upset that, like, middle-aged man selfie thing that I saw on the internet isn't, like, a real thing. It should be. Like, it should automatically make it so, like, because you can take selfies in this game. Uh, yeah. It should make it to where, like, Kiryu just takes the worst selfies. <laughs> post them on like whatever kind of Instagram thing and it has like the worst <laughs> captions like it, it could be like a Catherine style system where you can like choose what your caption is but they're all just terrible options it would have been perfect I think that would fit with uh, the lore of the game pretty oh, well a thousand percent it totally <laughs> alright let's talk about the main story right. there's a lot to happen uh, I guess I should preface this by saying that before this game came out, Sega was, was pretty adamant, being like, this is the last game. This is Kiryu's last game. The next Yakuza game is going to have a completely new protagonist. 
so so bear that in mind going into this uh we did talk about the beginning uh when we talked about the demo uh a yep. month or so ago I'll, I'll briefly go over kind of what happens in that time frame from from then just in case people have forgot uh, it's a few years after yakuza 5 uh in the time between yakuza 5 and yakuza 6 kiryu went to jail he comes back uh his essentially adopted daughter haruka is missing and apparently she has a kid so you figure that out also she got hit, involved in a hit and run accident and then she's in the hospital you basically take the kid as it sounds and you go off to hiroshima and onamichi to find who the dad is when you get to onamichi you basically like you kind of like find this bar at first and just like chill out there and uh the bar is run by this lady named kiyomi and she has some like people who are infatuated with her from like because they grew up together uh one of those is this guy named nagamo who is who works under is in the yakuza and he's a part of the hirose family uh, hirose is beat takeshi everyone's <laughs> favorite so you and nagamo get off get off on the wrong foot he basically t- tries to fight you all the time including during a baseball game eventually oh. he decides hey getting beat up all the time by kiryu is a bad idea what if we were brothers <laughs> so that kind of becomes that so you get introduced to the hirose family including uh people like yuta who will become a big prominent character yuta is uh tatsuya from B- battle royale yep yes uh well tatsuya is the actor yes, 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 yes um he is um why am i blanking on the name because you're blanking on the name <laughs> that's the worst because like i Shuya. Hmm. Shuya, thank you I'm, I'm really i love battle royale but um which i do want to say um while we're talking about tatsuya uh fujiwara um i had the biggest crush on this dude <laughs> like it was a huge crush when uh, I was in high school because I watched Battle Royale and then like I watched a few of his other live action movies. Like I watched the live action Death Note from Japan because of him, which isn't a great movie. But um, boy, howdy, did I have a big crush on him. So when you mentioned that he was in this, I'm like, oh. <laughs> so he's uh, he's older now. He's he's 35 and now he's uh, but they make well, him he's been- they make him look younger in this, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been apparently this is his second Yakuza game, mm-hmm. but because he's apparently um, in three, he is. But uh, I, I was pretty stoked, and they, it they did make him look similar to Tatsuya. Like he has some like similarities, but it, it's it's not it's not Takeshi levels of right. similarity. <laughs> so, um, but I was really excited um, whenever you were talking about it from then on. I just called him Tatsuya because <laughs> it's true who he is uh i guess i should for, there's a clarification i need to make beforehand uh before you leave kamarocho and go to kirishima you go to the tojo clan it's headquarters because kiryu is a former uh chairman i think that's what they it's basically he's the former head of the tojo clan so he's he's been high up in the yakuza before um so you go there because your friend Daigo has been put in jail and you go and meet with like the le- the new leadership who is uh Sugai is the acting chairman and then there's also this new upstart guy named Somiya who's trying to become the next the next in line essentially. So you go there and you're like what the f-? why is Daigo in jail? And there's like Aah. and then eventually you leave and get to to Hiroshima and all that stuff. All right. So you're in Hiroshima, you meet you meet Takeshi. He's eating the parfait. All that stuff. You're you have the baby. 
You're running around. Wait, you don't you don't have the baby. You obtain the baby. You obtain the baby. You're running around with the baby. And trying to you find out not throw the baby in the ocean. Not throwing it in the ocean. So you're you're going around trying to figure out, okay, who's the kid or who's the dad? And eventually the Hirose family is like, Okay, yeah, uh Haruka Haruka was here at one point, so we kinda know her. Even though at first everybody's like, we, we don't know this person. <laughs> so that kind of helps you in like, okay, well, someone here has to know something. Along the way, you get introduced to the Hiroshima's big Yakuza clan, the Yome Alliance, who is led by... Uh, that's that's the wrong name. Uh, <laughs> Heizo Iwami, but he has like a different name for his like Yakuza... Oh, he has like his different name for his Yakuza dealings because he's he's the C he's the chairman of Iwami's shipbuilding, but on the other side he's also Takeru Kirisu, and that is his name as the chairman of the Yome Alliance. Uh, he's flanked by his son Suneo Iwami, who is like who he gave the the shipbuilding stuff to, and also is like being prepped for the next in line to take over for the Yakuza as well. So they're the big guy, big guys, and and Hiroshima. The Hirose family is like under them. They're the family within the whole thing, essentially. And essentially, you kind of do get on the wrong, the, off on the wrong foot with them as well. But you meet up with the the chairman, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, hey, uh, Somaya is here from from Com Roadshow. Uh, we're gonna kind of try and make a like a peace treaty with the Tojo clan because you know we're usually neutral. We don't get involved in any of this stuff. So Kiryu, you know, you're big. You're a big name. If you were to like approve of this, man, everyone would be like, oh, this is this is for real. So you go on go out on this boat and like you get the whole spiel, and then Kiryu's like, nah, I don't approve. <laughs> and then he leaves, and everyone's like. <laughs> So you go back to continuing on about trying to find the dad. Eventually, uh, you hear from Kiyomi that one of Yuta's friends had had this conversation about, oh, you shouldn't have this kid. And Yuta and his friend and Haruka had been known to be like friendly with each other. So she, she basically assumes, oh, he's probably the dad because you wouldn't have this conversation unless you were the dad. And you knew she was pregnant. So, Kiryu finds out about that. They know that he moved, He went to Kamurocho around the same time that Haruka disappears. So, we go back to Kamurocho. When we go to Kamurocho, we go to the club where he supposedly this guy supposedly worked at. Let me see if I can get a name, because I don't remember his name. I might not be able to. If not, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. That that guy. that guy, Yuta's friend. So we go to this uh this bar called Stardust, which is prominent in the series as well. Uh, Stardust has been sold to the Korean mafia, and you meet the own the new owner of it. He's a fellow by the name of uh, Han Jun Gi. If I'm poorly butchering Korean pronunciation, forgive me. <laughs> uh, but he's this like fancy K-pop looking dude, essentially, and he's kind of changed Stardust into like this weird place where it's like masquerades and like there's a ring that falls from the ceiling and people just beat the shit out of each other which like for context if you know anything about k-pop like if you bulked up um minho from shiny a bit it would basically be this guy <laughs> like if you put a lot more musculature on minho that's who he is uh, especially silver hair minho <laughs> 
So you and you and Yuta go to the go to the club, and uh, Hanjungi's like, "I want to fight Kiryu." Kiryu's like, "Nah." So Yuta is like, "I'll fight you," because I know you got this information. Uh, Yuta gets his beat, and Aww. pretty much nearly dies, and is like, and then Kiryu's like, "Okay, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you now." <laughs> so he does. <laughs> All right, now we fight. Yeah. So he does that, and then you get this uh, conversation with Hanjungi. And he's basically like, yeah, this dude used to work here, but he doesn't now. Uh, but I could probably get you an address, maybe? I don't know. We'll figure something out. Eventually, you find the address of Yuta's friend. Uh, it's you, Nagamo, and Yuta. And you go to his apartment. You take that, You basically open the door or break it down because it's not it's unlocked or it's locked or something like that. And you find uh, there's a woman dead in his apartment, and also Yuta's friend is dead in his apartment. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. So that basically becomes a horror deal. Okay, well, if he's the dad and he's dead, what just happened? Also, a big thing to know is that uh, Kamurocho is going through kind of like a turf war. Uh, the Tojo clan usually controls Kamurocho, but uh, in recent in recent months in game... Uh, the Chinese mafia, the Sayo Triad, have basically come in and taken over a part of Kamurocho called Little Asia. So that's very important here. Uh, Wait, there's a Little Asia in Japan? Yes. They literally call it Little Asia. Oh my goodness. Uh, eventually, your your information leads back to Somaya. So you go and confront him, and he's basically like, hey... I bet the Chinese mafia have something to do with this. You should find out about that. So, you and your and your and your buddies, which is you, Nagamo, Yuta, and also a uh, returning series uh, protagonist, uh, Shun Akiyama, formally displaying to like they're gonna break into the the Triad's headquarters and try and find some answers about this guy because they they've learned that oh he was working for the Triad. So you do that. And you have this like you have this fight with like one of their big guys, the triad's big guys called Ed. You beat him up. And then the boss comes in. His name is Big Low. <laughs> he's the the triad boss. Uh he comes in and he's like, I know who you are, Kiryu, so like, you know, I'm gonna give you the respect that you probably deserve. If you wanna have some conversations, uh you can meet me at this place and we will we'll have a discussion. Uh what they don't know is that he mentioned something in Chinese before then. Uh, and Yuta can speak Chinese. Ah. And he mentioned something about the secret of Onamichi. And everyone's like, what's the secret of Onamichi? And also, I think this is the point where Big Lowe's like talking about how, uh, how Yuta's friend is actually Chinese. And there's this whole like process called, uh, the Hey Waisei, Hey, hey Hi or something like that, where it's, um, in China, if you have, like, another kid outside of, like, the limits of how many kids you can have, uh, the triad would was, was sending these kids to Japan, giving them, like, blank uh, identification and all that stuff, and then having them live in Japan with the idea of, oh, eventually, if the triad comes to Japan, you know, we'll have all these people ready. I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's better than, like, killing them. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, also, you're putting them in a mafia when they're... Ch- children and basically. essentially they've been sending them to Hiroshima ah so you plan to go meet Big Low uh, Somaya comes in he's like 
why don't you take me with you? I want to talk to the guy. I want to figure out, you know, I want to, I want to try and squash this beef between our two, our two groups. And Kiryu agrees, but basically everyone's like, yo, he's going to try and kill him. And Kiryu's like, not if I try and, not if I stop him. So you and Somaya go to this, uh, this abandoned building in Kamurocho, and that's where you meet Big Low. Which basically this whole plays out where Somaya's like, I'm going to kill this guy. And then Kiryu's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> So you beat up Somia and he runs off, and then you and Big Low have this conversation. I think he possibly reveals that Yuta's friend isn't the father of Haruto here. I might be wrong, but that's I think there's like a big proponent of this conversation where they have that. And then basically he's like, Hey uh Kiryu, why don't you work with me, huh? Kiryu's like, nah. Ain't got time for that. Everybody wants to work with him. I mean, he's he's real famous, and like he they either, they either want to work with him or fight him, basic, or both. They, that's basically the gist of the Yakuza series. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you go back to Onamichi, and while you've been away, you left Haruto there. You left him with uh, Kiyomi because you're like oh, she she can take care of the kid. It'll be fine. Also, I guess I should clarify this as well. Uh, when Somiya came to Onamichi the first time. He reveals that he and Kiyomi were married at one point, and that oh. makes Nagano very sad because he's crushing on her very hard. Mm. But anyways, uh, you get back to 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 Hiroshima, and then everyone's like, "By the way, Haruto kind of got kidnapped." Whoops. <laughs> BT dubs. BT dubs. And they're like, "Yeah, the Yomi Alliance is kind of after the kid. That's a bad thing." This might actually be the point where I think Big Low reveals to you, like, hey, we want to kill the kid. Yeah. And there will be reasons for that. Uh, eventually, you find out that, like, uh, Hirose has the kid, beat Takeshi. And you track him down, and then you have this big powwow in uh, a shrine. And this is where Hirose unveils that Yuta is the father of, of, uh, of uh, Haruto. The shocking reveal. What? Also, Yuta is the son of Big Low and the now successor to the Sayo Triad because Big Low's other son, Jimmy, was murdered just very recently. And now Yuta is the new successor. Makes sense why he knows Chinese. Yes. And basically he's like, oh yeah, by the way, your friend, your, your friend Yuta... Yeah, he was working basically for the uh, Yomei Alliance and the Triad to like keep an eye on you, because you're Yo, you're one friend. of those uh, Hey Heisey people. Huh. So we get that reveal, and then people come to show up and try and kidnap the kid again, and are very successful in doing so. Also, this is the point where they're laterally lateraling the kid back and forth, literally yeah. chucking the kid. I think that that. <laughs> That's like how you get shaken baby syndrome. The kid was fine with it. He was like, eh, this is fun. I'm flying through the air. Uh, so eventually... And uh, nobody's like, hey, baby, don't throw the baby like a damn football. Well, it's either that or the kid gets kidnapped. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's one or the other. Uh, right. Eventually, everyone regroups after going through a lot of people. Uh, Hanjun Gi shows up again. He's like, hey, I'm kind of, I'm kind of running this. Uh, I need the kid. All right, let's fight. Oh, I got beat up. Pull it later. 
you get everyone back together and you go off to like this shipyard that's a little bit of ways away from the from the town and you maneuver your way through the shipyard and you find out that Hanjungi has the kid so you have another fight with him and you beat him up and essentially he's like look there are some things here you don't know about uh, people are masquerading as people that aren't who they say they are you know the person behind the secret of Onimichi is bam and then he gets headshotted. So Kiryu takes has to hold the baby and like gets undercover so he doesn't get shot or the baby gets shot. And uh, you know we're kind of back at square one because well we got the kid but things are kind of bad. Also I believe this is the point where you get back and you punch Yuta through the the door of the Hirose family headquarters. <laughs> Why do you punch him through a door? Because Kiryu's mad. Because he's the father. And he didn't tell him. Well, did he, I mean, did he know for sure? So the thing is, like, he said he didn't know because, like, oh, we had sex once, and I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. <laughs> this is the point where also the other guy in the family is like, didn't you just, why didn't you use protection? And then Nagamo goes up and just kicks him straight in the face. <laughs> yeah, was, didn't he say, like, something about bagging it or yeah. whatever? <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. Did they not do sex ed in, like, the Yakuza? They're, they're, do they not, they're kids. Do they not teach do they not teach them like, hey, you know? Apparently not. <laughs> God. Should have been. That should have been a thing. Right. Yak is a sex ed. <laughs> have sex once and you have a baby that you're now going to have to football around everywhere. Got to watch out for throwing uh, throwing the baby around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Important things you learn in sex ed. Uh. My timing of the sequences may be a little bit off here, but I think basically after this, uh, things are a little bit hairy because Yuta has got to has got to figure out. Okay, well, I'm the dad, and I'm I'm also the son of this triad dude. That's real messed up. So like he's dealing with a lot of stuff. He doesn't understand how to how to handle it. Eventually, he comes to terms like, okay, I gotta I gotta deal with this. So you or Kiryu and Yuta go back to Kamurocho, and the plan is. They're going to go talk with Big Low and figure this out. And that's his dad. That's his dad, yeah. Okay. So you get to Kamarocho and you're you're holed up in like this bar that's basically kind of like a safe place for, for Kiryu and all of his buddies. And you kind of like step out for a little bit and then come back and Yuta's gone. Oh. And he has made his way over to Little Asia to the uh, the Triad headquarters and is is trying is acting he's trying to pass off as like a belligerent drunk, but he's also like, you know who I am. Let me go see my dad. Oh no. So you get a cutscene of like him sitting up in like uh, Big Low's office, and he's like, oh, what's up, Bio Dad? Why don't you join me if we drink? Bio Dad. Yeah, that's what he calls him. Oh and then God. that's the last thing you see until like Kiryu runs up and goes to Little Asia. And he sees the the place is on fire. So you make your way through the burning building up to the office. And then basically you get to see what happened where Yuta is not happy. And he basically has this plan where one of the alcohol bottles he was keeping in his pocket is full of gasoline. Jesus. So he chucks it at the door and then throws his lit cigarette at it and just sets the place on fire. And his plan is to kill Big Low and himself. Why himself? Uh, because I think he thinks if, hey, if I'm not here to 
to run the triad, they won't come after Haruto. They won't continue oh, okay. to try and kill that kid. Uh, Kiryu was like, no, you're not doing that. Neither of you are dying. <laughs> so stop that. <laughs> stop being yeah. almost dead. So we beat up Yuta, and we get him and Bigelow out of the building. Uh, this is where Bigelow kind of reveals his part of this thing to where, like, his dad and uh, the head of the Yomei Alliance, um, Heizo, they had this deal back at the end of the war, and that's the secret of Onamichi. When his when Bigelow's dad dies, he basically gives him this saying that's like, oh, this is the key to the secret, but he doesn't tell him what the secret is. Bigelow basically bluffs his way to having a meeting with the Yomei Alliance, and he's like, oh yeah, I know what the secret is. But then it's like, I'm never going to go meet with them again because they, if they, if I keep meeting with them, they'll know I'm lying. So there's this tension there, and then he gives Kiryu the key to the secret. And then once all that goes down, uh, Big Lowe's like, yeah, since this happened, I'm pretty much a dead man because I'm going to call off the order for having the kid killed and Yuta killed. Which, if that's the case, and I don't let him come on as a successor, I'm breaking the law of like of having like this uh, bloodline lineage of our triad, and they're just gonna come kill me. So that's pretty much like the end of Big Low's story. Yikes. Uh, Yuta and Kiryu go back to to Onamichi, and the plan is okay. We're gonna we're gonna find out the secret. Uh, also, you learn that, um. Hazo has this person who goes around and murders anyone who knows the secret. So if you, if anyone comes into contact with it or figures it out, he has them murdered to keep it to keep it under wraps. So that's something we to keep in mind as we go forward here. Uh, you go around Onamichi and like, okay, well, we have this code, and it represents like nine different things. How are we going to figure this out? Eventually, you figure out that, like, all the poetry stones that have been, you've run around and come across in Onamichi, those are the key, are the secret to the key. And then, basically, with that, you're able to pinpoint down that the key is telling you to go to a, a gravestone in the graveyard, and you go there with all your buddies, and you find this map, or, like, it's blueprints, and it's blueprints to the shipyard, or like what originally the shipyard was going to be. So you go there. And uh, you, surprisingly I know. You fight your way through a bunch of people. And then eventually Shocked. you find this like rusted door. And it's like okay well this is probably. On the other side of this door is the secret. And then. You're about to open the door. And. The murderer shows up. The guy who's who's basically been sent to kill anyone who knows a secret. Oh no. He throws a knife at one of the Hirose family guys, his leg, and then Kiryu steps in front. But by this point, you know that the murderer is Hirose. Beat Takeshi's out here killing fools. Beat Takeshi. What the heck? So you get to fight Beat Takeshi. 
nice and it's really cool because like it's a different kind of fight because it uses like the environment to it because like at one point i think you get him down to a quarter of health he like throws a knife at the like at some like pipes and like steam just fills the entire like place where you're fighting so like you're just running around and he'll just like come in like real quick and you have to like do a quick time event to to, like dodge out of the way it's a pretty neat like little aspect because it's a lot different than most of the other fights you involve or you're involved in eventually you beat him up and also you get to you hear like you hear these sirens start to go off and the dude who went into the door is like hey i i pulled this lever and now everything's going crazy i think i think we're going to find out what the secret is and you see this like giant battleship pull out of the out of the water and this battleship is like a recommissioned form of hang on let me make sure i get this right it's a it's the Mark II version of the Japanese battleship Yamato. I want to say is the, is the thing, mm. and it was commissioned during World War II as like as a way as like a deterrent, just in case they needed it. And it was a deal struck by uh, by Heizo and uh, this politician named Idoji, who was basically like uh, using war funds to go build uh, to to fund this thing illegally. And the secret is, is that they have this ship and no one knows about it until now. <laughs> and then, cause, cause at the same time, Hazo shows up and is like, well, you know the secret now you're done goofed. And then you get this whole backstory of like how Hirose joined up with, with the Yomei Alliance, how he was basically taken in cause he didn't have like a father or anything. And it was just, like running this, this group of teenagers who basically turned on him and then eventually he's basically given the option of like, hey, help me out with this thing by killing anyone who knows about the, the secret. And that's how Hero City kind of becomes the person he is today. And then Hazo is like, oh, hey, by the way, they know the secret. You should kill all of these people. <sighs> so he gets up to like, he gets up to like throw his, like to, to gut Kiryu. But uh, Nagamo, his, his, the captain of the Hirose family, jumps in front of him. He's like, boss, you can't do this. And that forces like Hirose to hesitate. He's like, I, it, it, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then Hazo shoots him. Shoots beat Takeshi right in the gut. Oh no! It's very sad. I mean, he did try to kill you, but. <laughs> so you get this like this this saying, and then Hazo's like, "Well, you know, he didn't follow orders, so I had to do what I had to do. Sucks to suck." He leaves, and then the rest of the Hirose family's there, and they're trying to help beat and he reveals there that like that a lot of like the Hirose family like they got taken in because like they didn't have parents and he's like mm-hmm. by the way I kind of killed your dad's like sorry about that my bad Yikes. and then B dies because he got shot in the gut also a testament to how to B Takeshi being a real actor like that scene is very sad <laughs> I believe it um <laughs> And I mean that's that's something that people don't always pick up on is that he's he's more than just a comedian. Yeah. Uh, after that happens, there's also a power struggle happening within the Yomei Alliance. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Did he die and then wake up and answer the phone, then die again? Answer the phone. Battle Royale. Oh no, he did not do that. <laughs> All right, continue. Uh, so there's a power struggle happening within the Yomei Alliance as well. Uh. Heizo's son Suneo is basically 
trying to usurp his dad. And the scene afterwards is basically him going to his dad and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, I know the secret. I've known about it for 40 years and you never involved me in this. So get f and he has his dad assassinated. Jesus. So now Suneo is, is the head of the Yomei Alliance because he's like, oh, my dad committed suicide. Oh, well, guess I'm in charge now. And that's that's bad. Because this guy is not good. Anyways. We go back to the, like, the Hirose headquarters and everyone's real sad because they're conflicted. Like, they don't know if they should be grieving for Hirose or not. Because, like, they had that reveal of, like, oh, he killed our dads. And then Kiryu's Kiri- yeah. kind of just like, well, how do you, like, really feel about him? And they're like, well, we didn't really know our dads, but, like, he was basically kind of like a dad to us and took us in when no one else would. And, like, they actually get, like, this this nice mode of, like, being able to actually kind of grieve for him, even though, like, it's complicated. And if there's one thing that I think the Yakuza series can, it, it does very well is... This seems like I think I may have talked about this, you know, last time, but like, it seems like such a, like a masculine power fantasy type series, mm-hmm. but it really flies in the face of like a lot of forms of toxic masculinity, where it just like throws all the like all that out of the way and is like, what well, guys can be emotional, guys can have like these complicated feelings, like despite the fact that you're beating up people all the time, like there's all these different types of emotions and empathy that people can feel and. I'm gonna pull this tweet that I found that I think is almost like and is is kind of like tongue in cheek, but it also ex- it describes the series to a T. Let me see if I can find that real quick. I'm gonna talk and fill time until I do it because Twitter's <laughs> loading and it's like Argh. I'm loading. Twitter's a good website. I'm a good website. <laughs> That's that's Twitter. That's how you that's how you know it's Twitter because it's like bah, 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 bah. it's like a fake horn. This tweet says Yakuza Six is the Six is a power fantasy, but the fantasy is that no one, not the gangsters, the joke characters from two games ago, the kids who don't know better, is so far gone that they can't set themselves on the path to be better people. Hmm. Which I think I I think that describes the series to like a T, because everyone can have a redemption story in these games. They may be real terrible people, but like there's also there is the there's the option that we're like, hey, they can see the error of their ways and come out of it on the on the other side, or they'll just be terrible people. Yeah, but the presence of gray areas is is yeah, it's present. it's it's significant. Mm-hmm. So, so we got our black suit gang because we're all very sad. Uh, oh, we're mourning. Yeah, we're all in mourning, so we're all in suits. Uh, basically, the gist is, though, that the Yomei Alliance is after us. Also, the Tojo clan is after us. Everyone's after us. Things are real bad. Uh, this is where, like, some dude just shows up and shoots an RPG at the Hirose, like, headquarters. Jesus. Yeah, that's the thing. And then you beat up a bunch of people. Uh, as you do. As you do. So that takes us back to Kamurocho. And essentially... We learn that uh, Sugai, the now the now person who's in head, the head of the Tojo clan, he's been working with uh, um, Suneo, the the now leader of the Yomei Alliance, and they have this like bad bad connection together. They're gonna try and form this super group, and it's bad. It's real bad, and they want to kill us. 
So we, we try to get some help from Somaya. And he's like, hey, listen, I know where Tsukai is. He's on the top floor of the Millennium Tower. Um, if you go there, you'll probably be able to talk to him at least. And and basically, Kiryu's kind of so far gone because they still want to like kidnap Haruka, even though like she just woke up at this point. So like he gets to finally like see her and talk to her, and they have like this nice touching reunion and all that sort of stuff. But they still want to kill her. They want to kill him and all that sort of stuff. So he, he's trying to like figure out like, oh, am I so far gone that I'm going to kill these people? Because that's not what I do. I don't kill people, even though even though the game will tell you differently when you do certain heat actions. Like, oh, I'm going to stab <laughs> a guy in the gut and then knee the, knee the knife more into his gut. <laughs> Kiryu doesn't kill people. But like he's he's like, oh, I don't know. I might end up killing these people. Um, So you go to the Millennium Tower and you fight your way up. This is the part where, like, head, where there's helicopters and you shoot them with RPGs. Multiple times. So you go up, you fight your way all the way up with your with your buddies. Uh, Yuta gets stabbed in this part. That's where he gets shanked. Yuta's just having a bad day. He's having a real bad day. So he gets messed up, and you go off on your own. And you make your way to the top floor, but you see like this video screen. And that's where Sugai is. You also see Suneo, and they're just like, oh, we knew you were going to come, so we're not there. And you see Somaya show up. And they're like, oh, by the way, we're ordering this guy to kill you. So you better die. Oh, by the way, you remember Kiyomi? Yeah, we have her hostage. If you don't die, we're going to murder her. A lot of things are happening right now. So you have to fight Somaya. And you beat Somaya. Which isn't good, because you're supposed to die. And they, the uh, Sugai and Suneo are like, well... You didn't do what you're supposed to do, so we're going to kill the girl. But, Kiryu, if you kill Somaya right here now, we'll let the girl go. She'll be fine. She'll live. And then there's like this, like the, like, Suneo like starts counting down from three. He's like, well, you got to do it within three seconds or we're going to kill her. And. Uh, moral dilemmas. Moral dilemmas. So Kiryu doesn't do it, but Somaya basically grabs his knife and is like, wait, 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 I'll just do this. Stabs himself in the gut. Ugh. And then, like, he has this, like, pleading, uh, pleading cry to Kiyomi, like, because talking about, like, their daughter, because those two had a very rough relationship because Kiyomi had to leave, uh, Somia because of the Yakuza lifestyle and all that stuff. And, like, he got abusive with her at times as well. And Somia, like, while he's dying, is like, hey, I never, like, did anything bad to her. I never hit her. I never abused her or anything like that. I just wanted you to know before I die. And then he basically is just bleeding out. And then, but, Sugai's like, I'm pretty sure he said time's up, so we're going to kill the girl. So, uh, one of the guys that are with them, uh, his name's uh, Koshimizu, he's kind of, like, this, like, bigger underling, puts the gun to her head, and is like, well... Sucks to suck for you guys. Turns off the camera and you hear a gunshot. And then Kiryu and Nagamo are trying to help Somia, and he's just like, Somia is like real bummed out. And Somia is basically like, hey, find my daughter and I want you guys to take care of her. Make sure she like, she gets a good, a good like upbringing. Make sure she's able to, to live. 
and then Somaya dies. Body count's rising. Yeah, and I mean, like, kind of pointless, too. <laughs> so, basically, after that, uh, you go back to the bar, and you and Nagamo kind of have this, like, heart-to-heart, where, like, look, Nagamo kind of tells you, like, oh, there's there's going to be, like, this funeral in Hiroshima tomorrow. Why don't we just go there and crash it and just f*** those guys up? We're not going to tell anyone else. And, hey, if we die, we die. We're just going to go there, and we're going to f*** them up. So that becomes, like, the plan. So they don't tell anyone, but they go off to Hiroshima and basically try to crash this thing. So the finale of the game is you get to the shipyard again, and that's where, like, this fake funeral is being held. I think it's also being, like, a celebration to for Suneo ascending to the top of the Yomei Alliance and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so Sugai and Suneo are there, and... You fight your way through, and you come face-to-face with them. So you beat up a bunch of guys. You beat up uh, Koshimizu, because he's bragging about killing Kiyomi. And then, after all that, like, they still want you to die. Because, oh, by the way, we kidnapped Haruka and and, and the kid. And, oh, if you don't die here, we're going to kill both of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... Kiryu is very much like in a moral dilemma and then Sugai takes this like pipe and just walks up to him and like beats him over the head with a pipe like five times and Kiryu just takes it and then he just like after the fifth time he just like just looks back down at him he's like it's gonna take more than that just to kill me and Sugai's like ah <laughs> and then I think at this point like Suneo's like oh so if you if you don't want to sit there and die well we'll just kill the, we'll just kill both of them right here right now so they get ready to do that, but uh, Yuta and the rest of the Hirose family show up, and they they take out the people who are who are holding Haruka and the kid. So you get some backup, and then you're able to fight against Suneo, and basically the final boss fight of the game. So you take him down, beat the shit out of him, beat the shit out of him. You have like at one point you're like it, it, Kiryu hesitates if he's gonna kill him or not. And, like, punches him one more time to knock him out because uh, Sugai has a gun. Because and I think Suneo, right before he gets knocked out, is like, yo, kill kill Haruka and the kid. And then Sugai pulls out a gun to do that. And I think uh, Nagamo tries to get in front of him, gets shot in the leg. And then Sugai runs at Haruka and, and the kid. And he starts shooting at them. Misses, like, a couple of times. And then Yuta tries to jump in front but then you hear a gunshot and he's like trying to bracing like, oh God, did I get shot or not? But then you pan out and Kiryu's in front of him and he's the one who takes the bullet and then he takes two more bullets. Oh no. But then like the others finally get to Sugai and beat him down. But Kiryu's real messed up. Yeah, I mean, he took multiple bullets. And then like Haruka and Yuta are like over him and he's just like, Hey, I hope I did well. I hope I can give you guys a good life. Like, just be happy with each other. And then, like, it cuts to credits. Uh, when you come back from credits, uh, everyone's, like, real bummed. They're like, man, if only Kiryu was here, it'd be a lot better. You find uh, your the bar where uh, Kiyomi worked is this, like, little girl, and it's uh, Somaya's daughter. 
and Nagamo is like is coming in there. He's like going to talk to her, like just like, hey, you know, how how was your family? Like, did you like your parents and all that sort of stuff? And they have this little like kind of heart to heart, and then the reveal is that oh, Kiyomi is still alive. Oh, because I guess the thing is that like Koshimizu before he shot like had a gun, but the gun was full of blanks. So I get the 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 basis that like they get was like oh when he saw Somiya stab himself he had a change of heart and decided not to kill her. Also, there's a big thing of uh after everything has gone down, uh Tsugai is out of the Tojo clan. Uh the Yomei Alliance is going on is I think Koshimizu is now the head of the Yomei Alliance. Uh and then the the triad is getting out of Japan. So Daigo is back out of jail and he is sitting with uh Majima and Saijima, who are both regulars in the series, but they don't really show up in this game a lot. Uh, they're basically like, oh yeah, so, uh, you know, after everything went down, we're going into Hiroshima and f***ing those dudes up, aren't we? And Daigo's just kind of like sitting there patiently, and you get this like flashback of when Kiryu was visiting Haruka in the hospital, he's writing this letter, and he's writing this letter to Daigo, and he's basically like, you know, when I was the chairman, I kind of basically thrust everything upon you to make you the, the next in line, or at least like to prepare you to be the chairman of the Tojo clan. And I feel like I didn't do a lot of like good things for you. I felt like I kind of like rushed you into things. I thought I was doing what's best for you, but I really didn't consider like your feelings in this. And then he's like, I thought of you as a son, but I don't know if I was a good enough dad to you or not. And then they pull up to the Tojo headquarters and like, as soon as they walk out, like you get this like monologue of Daigo being like, "Yeah, we're not gonna do, we're not gonna go in there and mess them up. We're gonna, we're gonna try and form an alliance with them because that's what my dad would want." And then you get a cut to another hospital, and Kiryu's in the hospital, and he's being visited by this politician, and this politician's like, "Look, we know you know the legitimate details of what happened in Hiroshima." I'm going to pay you this money if you will not speak of it again because uh, the politician is basically a, like an underling of Daidoji, the politician who was behind a lot of this stuff. And mm-hmm. he's like, look, I don't want to besmirch that guy's name. I don't want you talking about any of this. So here's some money and then we'll be good. We'll be good. And then Kiryu is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like, what? Kiryu is like, look, I'll do this. But you have to agree to my conditions. The first condition is get Daigo out of jail. The second is make everyone think I'm dead. Forge paperwork, do whatever. Make people think I'm dead. So they basically come to an agreement with that. Uh, the detective friend you have, uh, Date, comes in. He's like, what are you doing? Like, You're never going to be able to see Haruka, Haruto, Yuta, any of those people again. Like, You will never see anyone you love again. And Kiri just like, I gotta do what I gotta do to protect him. So, the last like scene you get is is Haruka, Yuta, and the other kids that uh, Kiryu used to look after at the orphanage he used to run, and mm-hmm. they're watching uh, Haruto try to try to walk for the first time. They're all encouraging him, like, "Yeah, come on, you can do it!" And all oh, he falls over, gets up again. <laughs> oh yeah, you can do it! All oh, he falls over. Uh, he gets up like I think a. It's the second or third time you see him like look away, like look out to the outside, and you see Kiryu standing there. But Haruto's the only person who notices him. By the time like Haruka sees like, oh, he's looking at something. What's he looking at? You don't see Kiryu anymore. And then 
by the like the third time that you see Haruto standing and like trying to walk, like you see Kiryu again, like watching, and then you see him leave, and then they roll credits for the last time. Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad. Well, alive Ghost Dad. Presumed dead right, Ghost right. Dad. Right, but everybody else would be like Ghost yeah. Dad. The sad ending. Yeah, wow, that is really that's a bummer. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense if like, hey, they're like, oh, we're we're not gonna make any more st- stories involving Kiryu to like have him just be like, I'm gonna fake my own death just to make sure everyone I love is okay can live Safe. live peacefully. Yeah, because that's kind of been the thing is like, oh. Anytime someone I care about has trouble, it's because, you know, someone's trying to get at me. Yeah. That's the basis for the seven games, essentially. So, um, so I guess by the end of it, like, that family and the orphanage and everything, they're safe now, right? Like, are they out of it? Presumably. It seems like Yuta might be getting out of, like, the Yakuza. I hope so, because Yuta's clearly bad at this. <laughs> he kept getting beat up and shanked and stuff. Like, you're not made for this life, son. Like, maybe just don't. Because, like, the scene in uh, in Hiroshima, like, after the credits, is, like, him being like, oh, hey, you know, you guys are going to have to rebuild the Hirose family. Like, you know, Nagamo, the other two guys. But he doesn't really mention himself. So I'd assume, yeah. like, the, the premise there is, uh, like, he's he's going to get out and help raise Haruto and be with Haruto. I think that- I think that's good. Yeah. I'm real bummed out that like I mean I guess I guess it makes sense that now he's gonna be protecting everybody from the sidelines, but man, what do you do? Like is that is that just like your like lazy retirement? Like what he's in his what, forties or fifties at this point? Uh, I think like upper forties. Maybe so I mean, he's still got like a good forty ish years, maybe more left in his life. Like what do you do? Maybe he'll become a fisherman or I mean, something. He could. He has. He's. A, he's. He can do a lot of things. He can play baseball. He can fight pro wrestlers. He can harpoon fish. He could karaoke. He can karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I. I don't know. It's just sad. I was sad. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a bummer, but it sounds good. I mean, it's. We both covered some very wacky scenarios <laughs> in, in our... Uh, we both had sad games. We did. But, I mean... In different ways. In, in different ways, but also wacky in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, like, what a combination, man. But also, as you said, on brand. 1,000%. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Play, play good games. Like Jax the Six and maybe Psychedelica of the Black Butterfly. You got the name right. Yay! I'll forget about it by Thursday when I'm putting this all together. Nice. You can you can text me and be like, "What is the name of that game again?" What's his name? God. And then we'll have to do it again when Psychedelica of the Ashen whatever (laughs) comes out. Oh boy. I forgot what it was. Ashen. Do you remember? Butterfly. I don't, it wasn't I don't know. Butterfly. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Something. Yeah. Uh, it, it's 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 Ashen Hawk. Yeah, same difference. I kept thinking wolf, but those are different animals. Wolves are different. So anyway, animals. we'll we'll do this again. Actually, I have two more Atome coming out you in do. the next couple of months, so 
We'll be back Look for our Otome minutes. Mm-hmm. But until then, I guess I get to relax for a minute. You do. Sort of. I have to I'm still grade, but... That's nothing compared I, to the dissertation. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I got to play an Otome. You did. <laughs> now to go back and try and get that last blade in Xenoblade 2. Oh, boy. Yep. It's a yep. never-ending quest. If anybody's curious, I'm nearing 300 hours in Xenoblade <laughs> 2. Just, just as a side note. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. So... Anyway. Anyways, that's going to do it for this episode. Ow. Ow. Let's jam my thumb right into my desk. Yikes. If you would like more from us, go to seasonlandmecheckup.com or sac.cool where you can find past episodes of this podcast. There's a lot of Atome on there. Mm-hmm. And you can find uh, stuff like the Seasonlandme Checkup and Jared and I watch Sailor Moon Crystal podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And there's columns and reviews up on the site as well. Uh... You can go read my latest article for Crunchyroll. It'll probably it, be up by this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's about it's it I think it's about it's about percent five. You're writing it, so you know what it's yeah, about. That's exactly what I was like, wait, why am I saying I think? <laughs> uh, you can find more from Al at Anladium.com. She has columns and reviews on her site as well, like her dissertation video, and she has a new piece as well. I did. I actually wrote something that wasn't my dissertation. <laughs> you did. Uh, but yeah, my, my dissertation defense is up, and I just wrote um, a revisited review of Ready Player One. Because it's a bad book. It is a bad book, and people should know it's a bad book. Mm-hmm. So. There you go. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup. That's where you Twitter. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash SICOVA. If you want to give us a book. Yay. Next week will be something. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. I don't know what yet. We'll figure um, I it ha- out. I have, more, I have more free time, so maybe maybe we'll come up with something. Um, we will see. And eventually, um, I will fall into the pits of Hyrule Warriors. So, True. Um, <laughs> we'll have to come up with some things. We'll figure it out, though. It's what we do. Yeah. We did it. We did it. All right. Tune in next time for something cool.